Sometimes in life we just suffer. Sometimes it's from being totally withdrawn. Or so much stress that we are totally anxious. Or so tired that we are totally burnt out. But our current position is not our final destination. No, indeed. There's hope. So whether it's your personal life, your career, your relationship, your business, or your job, we say there's reason to believe again. And we present from Andy's personal development, the breakout room. It's the place for health, happiness, and prosperity. Stay tuned for more. Hi, this is Andy of Andy's Personal Development, and we are live in the breakout room with our special guest on this episode. His name is Kevin McNee, and he's a transformational coach and mentor. He says, I help high-achieving men to break free of their limitations, connect to their inner wisdom, and create impact through heart-led leadership. Welcome, Kevin McNee. How are you doing today, sir? I'm doing amazing. Thank you for having me. I like, uh, I love your intro. <laughs> it gets better when you see the edited versions, but I'm glad you're liking it. <laughs> I appreciate that so much. Also, we thank you for taking the time to be with us right here on the breakout room and to share information and build relationships with our people and those who are tuning to the podcast. So Kevin, we want to go back into your memory and go down memory lane a little bit, back to the foundational years. You know, normally in our business, we say between the ages of five to seven is when your foundation is basically laid. And I see the eyebrows raised here. So I know that may be a challenging memory for you. But what is the greatest moment that you could remember as a young man growing up that you believe helped you to realize who Kevin McNey was? You know, it's, uh, it's something as, as you, as you say that there was like all of these flow of emotions and memories coming up, but you know, one of the things that, that I, that I always heard as a kid was, um, you know, how, how, how kind I was and how, you know, how thankful and, and just, you know, kind hearted and, and easy, easy going. And, and, you know, those, those were the kind of things that, that I, I would hear other people say about me as, as a child. And those ones really felt good to me, you know, not, you know, not so much like the things, how I performed or, you know, a role that I play or anything like that, but just how, how big my heart was, how kind I was and how, you know, able to go with the flow. That was something that, uh, that, that really, you know, stands out as a, as a memory for me. And it actually gives me goosebumps thinking about it. So yeah, it's, uh, that's one that really stands out for me. Uh, would you describe yourself still as a man of a big heart? Are you still big hearted? That's, you know, that's one of the things that I, you know, how I lead my life is, 
you know, leading with my heart. And it's something that I lost for a long time. And, you know, you know, I even talk about it in my, in my introduction, you know, my, my 10 second pitch, so to speak, is connecting men to their hearts and their inner wisdom, because so much of that is, is lost you know, along the way and on the journey and, you know, things that happen throughout our lives. And that, you know, I'll just speak for myself. Um, I've, kept, you know, protected myself and put layers of armor on top of my heart, you know, to protect myself and, and not be authentically me. And over the last few years of, of you know, breaking down those layers and, and removing that armor, I've been able to like truly lead with my heart. And, and yeah, it's like, I'm like, Oh man. And sometimes I feel like I wake up and I'm like that, you know, six-year-old little boy again, go, I'm like, man, this, this is what this feels like. And it's uh, yeah. It gives me chills thinking about it. Hey, I can see the emotion in your face and I appreciate <laughs> your sense of reality with that, but I'm looking at your information and I want to take this step by step. You were a professional golfer. Who were some of the guys that you played with? Mm. I was, uh, so there's professional golfers that play on tour. And then there's golf professionals that, you know, that work at the golf course and, and, you know, teach lessons. And, and that's what I did. So, you know, um, I got to play with like NHL hockey players, like Robert Redford came to our golf course one time. I, I, I run into Harrison Ford. Um, so there's like some big name people, but you know, it was, it was the people that, you know, aren't the big names that I would say were the most impactful for me. Again, the ones that, you know, I connected with because of who I was, um, and they allowed me into their space. And, and, you know, one of the things that I've always said as a, as a professional, I've played with a lot of high level players Yeah, and, you know, the the most the most amazing people that I've ever played with it wasn't because of their golf skill it was because of who they were were as people and how much I enjoyed playing with them yeah yeah I think I think that's an important aspect of learning to build relationships with people mm -hmm. sometimes we have all these high expectations from the skill bank when we should be really looking to develop human like a kind of connection that it's sometimes not easy to explain or understand, but it just makes us better having been in the presence of someone else and being able to share quality time together. I see where you're going with that, Kevin, and I appreciate that. So you spent a lot of time in the corporate field, but you still did not find fulfillment. You felt as if you were shortchanging yourself, that you were lost, and certain things about that fulfilled life you were looking for, you just couldn't find what was that experience like for you Kevin well it was you know that's I started in 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 you know from my golf career having you know getting to a point where I was like you know not making any money and and society my the way that I was raised all of my friends they were making money and they had jobs where they were like you know okay now I'm 26 years old I should have you know, be saving for a house and, and making money and, and getting ready to have a family. And I wasn't doing that working in the golf industry. So that that shift into into, you know, oil and gas and, and corporate, what eventually ended up being my corporate career, you know, that was that was chasing what I was taught and what I thought that I wanted, you know, that was going to mean success, happiness, fulfillment, all of the things, because, you know, that's where it came from. 
the money, the the image, the outside sources, right? Having, you know, the nice house, the, the vehicles, money in the bank, being able to travel, having the, you know, the million dollar family, so to speak, with the wife and kids. And, and then, you know, getting, working my way up to that point and setting my goals and, and my ambitions going, I want to be the, the leader and I want to be the boss and I want to be a decision maker and have a piece of the pie in an organization. And then working my, you know, my butt off for years to achieve that and finally achieving it and then going, oh man, I'm still feeling like this emptiness, this hole inside of me. And this wasn't, this isn't what it was supposed to be like, you know? And that's where, that's where like, you know, things really kind of hit, hit almost like a, I would say that would be like my rock bottom moment is, is going, man, I had everything that I thought that I wanted and was told was going to give me all of the things. And it didn't. It didn't happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kevin, I, I want you to address that a little deeper because we usually find ourselves trying to please the crowd. We want to compete with the Joneses. Mm-hmm. We have been pulled out of the educational institutions. Study hard, go get a job, get a wife, get the white picket fence, get the nice driveway, get the best car on the block, the best crib on the block. And work your way up the ranks. And after you reach a certain age, retire, and everything is going to be all right. But you found that even after you had achieved all those things, you were at rock bottom because they were all external, not internal. So while you were addressing the outside, you were not addressing the inside. How can we help people to understand that even though you can go for all the trappings, the more valuable thing that you can have is when you begin to connect with and work with you on the inside, because those things on the outside that you accomplish, they are temporary. They can come and they can go, but you are going to be here for a little while. I mean, at least we expect that you're going to be here for a little while. How are you going to transform the values of life into something tangible and fulfilling? And it does not have to compete with what you can do on the outside, because that's what you were grown up to do. People expect you to do, and you're looking for external validation when you haven't even internally validated mm-hmm. yourself. How can we help folks to recognize this, Kevin? I believe it starts with one question, and that's the answer, you know, the question of why. Okay. Right? Why, why am I why am I doing these things? Why yeah. am I chasing what I'm chasing? Why am I acting the way that I am? Why am I, you know, allowing the things that I'm allowing? Like that question of why goes so many layers, but a lot of times, you know, and and I'll just speak for myself is for the longest time I had my blinders on and I didn't want to ask those questions because we all know the answers. The the answers are in here, right? They're, they're telling us, but it's like, you know, I was chasing all of this because I just hoped that it would, it would give me what, what, what I was told that it would, or what mm. that I thought that it would, or what I believed that it would. And when it didn't, it was like, now it's time to ask that question. And I'm sitting here looking at myself and looking at you going and be honest. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So e- emotionally, how did that impact on your mindset? And I mean, it was like a paradigm shift for you. You describe it as, as rock bottom. I have to bring back that that phrase into the conversation, but emotionally, 
what was it like for you? What were the things that you were feeling going through your body and you realized, man, this is it. I need to change something or change me. What was that mm -hmm. like for you, Kevin? Well, it was, uh, it was, it was emotional. And, you know, that was probably the first time where I had, had truly felt in my body going, um, I knew where I wasn't showing up. I, you know, I used to tell, you know, what I'll call like little white lies because uh -huh. I wasn't showing up or following through. And, you know, I'd, I'd get caught or get questioned and I would, you know, kind of like lie myself out of it. And then I'd, I'd beat myself up going, man, I don't want to be like that. Like, I'm a good man. I'm a good person. Um, I did, you know, I was also, you know, not speaking up for my own needs and and saying what, what my truth was or asking for what I wanted and continuing to do more and more and more as I was a people pleaser as well. Um, and still not getting, you know, getting that, that my wants and needs fulfilled. I would go outside, you know, go outside my marriage or, you know, go outside and try and find those sources and realize that that wasn't doing it either. And then have this guilt and shame. So, you know, when that, when that rock bottom moment hit, it was like, okay, I, I've seen myself doing these things. Why am I doing that? And then when the answers became clear, it was, it was like looking back into, you know, you, you spoke to it right at the very beginning, back into our childhood. And what is it that we were wanting back then that we never got that I've continuously lived my life seeking in every other thing, whether it was my job or relationships or, you know, anything else that I was doing in my life. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Kevin. That's, mm -hmm. that's an amazing opening to understanding how one needs to be honest with themselves. And would you compare your experience then based on what you just shared with what we now call the imposter syndrome? Would you make that comparison? I would say, you know, that uh, 100%. Yeah. You know, yeah. I can remember, you know, especially going from transitioning from, you know, being a golf pro and that was my identity, yeah. right? Um, you know, if I wasn't a good golfer or if I had a bad day on the golf course, you know, it was a bad day for everyone else too, including me, right? Yeah. Because that was my identity. So when I transitioned and worked my way up into corporate management, I was like, you know, I was asked this question in, a, in an audit one time and they were like, what qualifications do you have to be here? And I was like, whoa, um, actually none. <laughs> you know, I'm a, I'm a fast learner. I'm a hard worker. I'm skilled. You know, um, that's how I got here. Qualifications wise, you know, that, that, that opened my eyes to like why I was the way that I was, how I just like sunk everything that I had into like doing everything that I could to make sure that I wasn't found out right that i wasn't good enough right yeah oh amazing amazing and so when i when i look at your experience i think that what you went through proved to be the catalyst the foundation for you to launch into yourself and to introspectfully just search for who the real kevin mcneil was and find that level of fulfillment was there a spiritual aspect to it or a faith-based aspect to it mm. well I, I love that you asked that question because it's it's one that i'm like you know and even even back you know in, in 2013 and beyond um 
I had to keep that part of myself hidden wow. right? because, you know, um, in 2013, I went and, and saw an energy healer. Uh, she was a, a medium and a guide and did, you know, did Reiki, but she, you know, I had this session with her and it literally, I went in as, you know, someone who was numb to all of it. I didn't believe in anything faith-based. Faith I just mm -hmm. believed that, you know, we were here for a, a certain period of time and that was it. You know, you got put in the ground or you got buried and, or you got burned and spread. Yeah. And I was yeah. like, what a, what a, like a meaningless existence. And that really made me feel like, feel deep and dark. So I went and saw this lady and within the first five minutes, I was like in tears. She had said things to me, you know, like that changed my life forever. And, and one of them was this, she's like, Kevin, you're, you're actually very in tune and intuitive, but you're not noticing, you're not noticing the signs and they're just about like smacking you in the face. So she's like, if you get anything from this, start noticing the signs. So I was like, right. okay, I'm going to start doing that. Okay. Yeah, great. Thanks for sharing, Kevin. I want to mm. play a video for you and I want to get your comments on it. And I, I decided to use it here this time because I think people need to recognize what they should prioritize in their lives because that's where you line up your purpose and your intent and maybe even your vision for who you need to be, but you have to place it in a line of priority. So let's mm -hmm. see what this video says, and then you can have um, a stay on it. Hello, man. I'm curious to know what your priorities are. When you think of work and business, family, your health, personal growth, kids, activities. What is your number one priority? Now you being honest about that. One of the things that I recognize in myself, as well as those that I work with, is a lot of times it's easy to put priority number one as our work and business. And that comes from a long line of conditioning that, you know, being the provider, the breadwinner, you know, doing all of the things to, to give our families everything that we could ever imagine of having has become priority number one over actually giving them what they truly want, what they desire, which is our presence, our quality time us being there and fully being there, being open and willing to listen without all of the distractions and the busyness of work. So this is my invitation to you. What is your number one priority? And just be honest. See why I love that. Hmm. You being honest. That is coming from a place, not just of experience, but a place of understanding the experience and the value of the experience that you had. And you shared in such a real way. But what is the real message that you want, especially men to get as they are supposed to be the leaders and the ones that are gonna be there for their families in real time, fully dedicating themselves. And as you say, without the unnecessary distractions. Mm -hmm. Well, 
you know, the, just that, that honesty. And, and that came from a conversation that I had with a, with a friend of mine and he was admitted that his number one priority is his work and his business. And wow. he felt like some shame and guilt around that. Right. And, you know, I could totally relate to him because, you know, a lot of times, and I'll say like, speak to as, as men, you know, raising, being raised with the conditioning of being the provider. Um, we go through our lives with that being the priority and being like, you know, our work is our priority, making money, providing for our family. And we're saying, we say that we're doing it for our family hmm. without asking them what they actually want and need yeah. and go, oh, um, we, we actually would love to have more time with you. We would love to, for you to do things with us you know, thank you for buying us this amazing house and the vehicles and, and the gifts and all of the things we could ever imagine. But those are just things and that, and we want you, right? So saying that, that prior, your priority is your family or, you know, providing for that yet using it because you're doing it in a way of like working so much is not really being honest. 100% honest. So that's, that's kind of the, the, the message behind that video. Uh, yeah. And that is so real, Kevin, because I have seen uh, from experience how families have found themselves being dysfunctional because both parents are doing the same thing. We are working to provide a better future for you. Some of the things that we didn't have access to, we want you to have access to it. So we're just trying to work and put things in place and you need to understand that. But did they really take time to sit down and ask the children, the kids, what do you really want from us? Mm -hmm. Because yeah. when all the trappings are gone, what is the family value that we have left? When you are gone, what are the moments that we can look back on and remember quality time that we'd have spent together that would give us a sense of reasoning and a sense of hope that we could smile and say, yes, it was good being in this family. And I understand that. But here's the thing. When you speak with your people, are there similarities with regards to the challenges that they face, the people that you coach and mentor? And how do you get them to understand that the important thing may be, yes, your career, your job, your business, but number one, should always be family mm -hmm. you know and and starting with yourself because if you're if you yourself are not in the best place that you can be you're not in the best place for your family as well right there you're actually not giving them the best version of you that they deserve and that's yes. and that's my opinion right but um you know understanding like the the questions that you ask are amazing too, by the way. So uh, thank you for that. But um, it's looking back into going, why am I prioritizing my work? You know, because, or why is it that I'm, you know, wanting to give them more than I had? And, and you know, taking that perspective of going, oh, I'm doing this because of my own wounding. All of the things that I didn't get that's why I'm doing this. It's not because I'm doing it because it's what they want because I've never asked, mm. right? I'm, I'm doing it because this is what I didn't have. So I'm going to do it that way. And it's, it's, 
you know, not to be rude or anything, but it's self it's self-serving, but it's coming from a space of just trying to do the best that you can with what you know. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Thanks for sharing, Kevin. Mm -hmm. What I want to get to is that moment when you realize that you could become a transformational coach and a mentor. How did you arrive at that place where you felt it was necessary to put yourself uh, as a facilitator to struggling individuals, men in particular, because you felt that it was necessary to do so? Was it uh, an epiphany moment or was it something that you planned and then you worked your way up to it? How did it actually happen for you? You know, uh, just to, to go back to that, you know, that that first that first um time with with that energy healer uh she said she mentioned to me that she saw me helping others she right. saw me speaking on stage or speaking in front of people and helping others and i didn't really know what that meant at the time but you know as as i transitioned through and i was going through like separation and divorce with with my wife and and struggling in in the, my career and i and i just started opening up and having these conversations and sharing what i was feeling and going through and just being honest and watching other people go, whoa, hmm. um, nobody's ever opened up and, and talked about this stuff, but it allowed them to open up and do the same thing. You know, they would share things with me that I never knew. And I knew, and I knew these people for like, you know, some, some of them up to 20 years. And I'm yeah. like, does anyone actually really even know who I am or do I know who they are? Right. So yeah. having those types of quests, those conversations, um, and just being open myself, that's where I was like that, you know, I would say that was an epiphany moment going, there has to be more of us that want to have and need to have these types of conversations. And this is the direction that, uh, that I really need to go, especially when it comes around opening up, you know, with other men. Yeah. Yeah, I get it. And, and I think that's a valuable contribution because we have been taught, and, and I know this is a general and broad statement, but we have been taught, you got to suck it up. Yeah. Be strong. Don't cry. Don't show any form of weakness. Don't show any form of breaking down. And all the things that we have hidden that are going on inside of us, that gets suppressed and later comes back to haunt us because we are always taught you got to be macho. you got to mm -hmm. be in control. you got to be the boss. you got to be the leader. We were not told that we need to be a family individual who would make room for emotional connection with the people that are most important to us. So I get it. Here's the thing, Kevin. What kind of change have you seen in some of the people that you work with? Have you seen signs of relief, release, uh, even tears coming down their eyes? I know you have had that experience. And how does it make you feel knowing that your experience can help you now to facilitate men in particular to understand that there's another side of them that exists and there is no guilt or shame in going there because it can help them to be balanced as an individual. You know, it's, I, I, you know, I got a vision of, it's like unlocking the door and having, you know, it's like stuff piled in a locker. And you unlock the locker and you open it up and it just like runs out of there. And it's like, you know, I've had, I've had men that have reached out um, and said, just by making that phone call 
or a, sending a text message or committing to, you know, to having a conversation, they already felt better. Wow. Just literally by committing to themselves for like that one second. And then we open up and have these conversations. It's like, you know, the, the first little bit takes a trust building process and, and getting to under, understand who they are and for them to understand themselves. And just like opening up that and feeling, it's like a pressure release valve that's like, psh, you know, all of a sudden it's like, oh man, like I feel like I can breathe for the first time ever. It's honestly, it, it's so hard to explain. And, and, you know, I don't even know if words can describe it, but, but watching these breakthroughs in these men, just in the first, even in the first couple of conversations where they can just fully like let their walls down and be open and talk about things that, that they many times they've never, ever talked to them with anyone else. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's truly amazing. And it's such an honor just to, to be able to hold space for them and, but to be able to witness them and be a part of those transformations is, uh, you know, it's next level for sure. Yeah, I get that, Kevin. Thanks. Thanks for sharing. Mm -hmm. um, I'm thinking there is something really intriguing about your experience and, and your transition from the corporate world to where you are at now. And I'm looking at the reality of your life being something that people can really learn. Um, the lessons that you have learned, the experiences that you have had, there's value, so much value in there. Have you ever thought about doing a memoir, public, you know, publish, publishing a book or something, something that would, you know, in, encapsulate that story and make it something readable, a force that people could spend time with and actually in real time get that, that message you want them to get out of your experience? Mm -hmm. I've, I've actually thought about it quite a bit. And, you know, I was I was told one time a while ago, that they're, you know, saying that, you know, you should really write a book. And I was like, about what? Like, are people gonna actually want to like, read about anything that I have to say? And they were like, yeah, a lot of them. <laughs> so I was like, you know, I, I have been thinking about that a lot. And it's just a matter of, uh, yeah, I think with anything is, you know, it's a matter of getting started and, and figuring out exactly what I what I want to write about, or, you know, um, and I'm sure you probably know this too, is just start yeah, and see what comes, right? Yeah. So yeah, I, ha I have been thinking about that a lot. And, and that's one of the things that that's one of my challenges to work on is, uh, you know, getting things out of my head and into my heart and, and just, you know, just truly starting. So on that note, <laughs> let's hear what this one says. Hmm. Hello, man. The reason you're not achieving what you want to achieve in your life is because your priorities are not straight. So if you want to make changes in your life, then you need to rearrange your priorities. You want to be healthy, that needs to be a priority. You want to have a better relationship with your wife, that needs to be a priority. If you want to achieve more in your business, then that needs to be a priority. Where are your priorities as opposed to where is the action being taken in your life? If you want to be healthy, but work is taking priority, then it's time to shift your priority to your health. doesn't mean that you have to fall back on your business, but you just need to set some boundaries around it. You want to connect more to your wife. Are you actually 
setting time aside to do that. And if you're not, then you're not making that a priority. So what priorities are you going to, to ease off on or let go of or set boundaries around so that you can create time to connect more with your life? These are just some actionable steps, some tips to set some intention around that you can start making what you want to be a priority. So here, so here's the thing, Kevin. How much of what you have done and accomplished, and, and I know that there are times when you're with clients um, having these facilitation sessions, you would have learned other things as well from how they would have opened up and what they have expressed. How do you connect those experiences and, and the life skills that you have now with your family life? What's the balance between the two? Well, it's, uh, you know, I, I feel like, you know, balance is such, you know, I don't know if even balance is the right word. It's more of, of just like um, dividing, right? Oh. And, and making sure, you know, that there is enough of time. So yeah, it does, it does balance out. So, you know, um, I like to prioritize, you know, personal. So as like health and, and you know, learning, um, work, family, relationship, and you know, like individual stuff. So, so all of those, those are those are how I have everything broken down. And you know, it's something that that's so important to me is um, I use I priority for me was my work, and yeah. then my 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 kids and and doing stuff to to make sure that my relationship with my wife stayed intact. Right. And the more that I did that, and the less that I gave to myself, I realized the worse those things actually became as well. You right. know, the worse I felt at work, the worse I felt in my relationship. So when it was when I started to give back to myself and, and creating more boundaries and balance, you yeah. know, we'll use balance. That's when I started to see and feel much different. Okay. Right. Great. I hope so, that answered your question. Yeah, it does. It does. <laughs> it does. It does, Kevin. Um, we have seen a lot of changes in the world, and, and I want to look at it from a global scale. We have some level of commitment to people with regards to leadership, right? And I mean, like, governments and presidents, prime ministers, and so on. If you have the opportunity to speak to some of the leaders in our world today, and most are men, what are some of the things that you think would be important for them to understand about the people that they lead, the people that expect them to provide certain amenities so that they have a better quality of life? What would you share with them? The number one thing that comes to mind is listening. You know, listening to listening to your people, yeah. right? Whether you're whether you're a, a leader of the country, a leader in business, leader in your family, listen to your people because they're the ones that are going to help guide you. And just because you know they might have some ideas that you've never thought of or ways of doing things that that you've never tried, it doesn't mean that you're less of a leader or mm -hmm. you know less of a person or not enough or not worthy because of it. And I feel like that's where a lot of the leadership that we have in the world today is leading with like this control and this, you know, lack of confidence and this low self-worth. So it's based in, you know, 
control and domination instead of going, you know, where let's utilize the the collective and all of the gifts that we have available to us. I got goosebumps thinking about it and lead from that space, like be that authentic leader. The, you know, the embodied king is, is what, what I think about. Like I can close my eyes and I can see the king that, you know, leads with their heart, leads by listening with supporting their people, but also has, you know, firm enough boundaries that they're not going to get walked on. So, you know, that's, that's something is, you know, listening to your people and being open to new ideas and, and, and change. Yeah. Yeah. You, you speak a lot about stuff that we as coaches would help those in a, in a leadership position to really look at because at times, for example, and, and I want to look at the practical examples of men who are high achievers. And, and I saw that in your information, mm-hmm. they understand the importance of open communication where everybody's input is essential. And, and I quickly remember Sir Winston Churchill, one of the greatest statesmen of all times. He had something unusual that he did, Kevin. When he was having his meetings in the war room, he would have one person of every rank of the defense forces available in the meeting. And folks were like, what is he doing? Why, why does he need to do this? You give me the orders, I give my men the orders and they follow it, yeah? But he would have from the foot soldier right up to the generals present. And when asked about it, he said, when I put a plan together and I bring everybody in and I ask them their opinions and their inputs, what I'm doing is giving them the opportunity to have ownership of the plan so that when they go out on the field of war, everybody has a stake in it and they're on the same page and we expect to win. Mm. How important is that for people in corporate circles to understand that that level of communication should not always be from top down, but it could also be from bottom up. 100%. And, you know, um, you spoke to this too. What's the most important thing is family, right? You know, and, and value when you go to your job, we're at our jobs more time than, than we're with our families a lot of times. So, you know, being valued for what, not only just what we do, but for who we are and what our opinions are is, you know, I don't, I can't think of anything more powerful than that is, is just being, feeling like you're a part of something, not just a number, right? So, you know, that for him to be able to do that, you know, back when, when that was, you know, unheard of is so special. And, you know, the, the lowest rank is no less important than the highest. And that's one of the things that, that I truly believed in business. And, you know, I would go and talk to the people that were out in, out in the yard or in the shop and and they were just like cleaning the equipment to get ready. And they were like covered in mud and dirt. And they were just thinking that they were just doing this, this useless job. And I'm like, if you guys don't clean the equipment properly, then it doesn't go to work. And if it doesn't go to work, then we're all out of work. So your job is as equally or more important than mine. And I'm the, you know, I'm, I'm the head, I'm the head of the head. So, right. you know, and, and asking them too, is like, how can, how can we make this more efficient? 
so that it's better for you or like, you know, asking them questions. So, and listening, right. So it's, uh, you know, it's, it's pretty powerful that he was doing that way back when. Uh, and, you know, I, I, I want to take it even further. Um, I was listening to one of our associates. Uh, she was doing a program. I can't remember exactly, but it had to do with recognizing the importance of people on your staff um, in, in the same manner, whether they are at the lower level or mid-level or upper level. And she was saying that she had to go to the emergency department because she broke her arm. And while sitting there, she observed the door to the emergency department being open and the doorman adjusting the level of tenacity that the door had so that when you push the door open, if you're coming through with a wheelchair or you're coming through on a pair of crutches or you were impeded physically and you couldn't move as fast as everybody, it would stay open a little longer so that you could get through. And she was impressed by that. And she asked him, so why are you doing that? And he said, we, meaning the entire organization, we saw that when our patients come in, those that were impeded physically had a problem getting through the door because it was too tight in terms of the adjustment. So all I'm doing is making sure that you have more time to go through the door because we are concerned about the comfort of our patients from the very first level. And she was That's blown amazing. by that. So I say that to say this, we need to understand that the roles of a people from the bottom up are extremely important. And it shows that that person felt that they were in on part of everything that was happening because they represented the organization. He said, we, not I. So it meant it came from a place where people were communicating at the highest level and realized that something had to be done. How important is that in organizations where there are huge numbers? And, and what can be some of the barriers in getting that level of information as to what is happening at the lowest level of the operation? <clears throat> Yeah, the, the, you know, that's what a beautiful story. And that's, and that's something that's so powerful and goes back to, you know, being valued yeah. and, you know, shown, shown that, that you're appreciated. And one of the things that, that I always believe in is, is recognizing your people and, and having, having conversations with them and, you know, truly asking to listen, not just to respond. And, you know, just being a part of like those, those large organizations, it's, can be that top-down mentality where they're not thinking about everyone else. Mm. It's it's very bottom line. Whereas you know having that having that input and and knowing that you're a part of the team. I don't know. There's a there was a show and it was I think it was called Un Undercover Boss, where yeah. you know the the CEO would go and work on the ground yeah. of these major organizations and deal with the people and then listen to them and help you know improve from the bottom up. And it was you know, super impactful. And this is something that really resonated with me and is like, yeah, nobody, nobody is more important than anyone else. And that's in business and that's in life. So, you know, just treating people with respect, but also looking at things for the greater good of everyone involved, not just, you know, the top-down mentality. Uh, yeah. Fantastic. Thanks for sharing, Kevin. When you look at your style of coaching and mentoring, how would you describe it? Uh, a lot of folks use NLP. 
some people use red team coaching and red team coaching came out of the 9-11 scenario. Mm. Uh, there are so many different areas in which you can pull information from. But what would you say is the basic uh, method that you would use that is more successful or more applicable to what you do as a coach and a mentor? Mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the things that uh, is most important to me is your breath, right? I, I connected to breath work about five years ago and the very first experience that I had with it, it just opened me up to a whole new area of myself that I didn't even know was there or existed or, or could feel. So I knew that, that breath work was going to be a part of my life forever. But recently I wanted to make it a part of my business and the way that I work with others. So connecting to the breath, um, that's, that's one of the, the most impactful things that, that we can do. So I, I make breath work a part of like every session that I have. And that's, even if it's just a few breaths before we check in with each other. And that allows, you know, to, to release and let go anything that we're hanging on to for that moment so that we can truly just like open up and, and start, you know, start the session together. One of the, uh, another thing that like the, the beginning of my like personal development journey started physically, you know, and taking care of my body physically, I was, you know, I was overweight and I smoked cigarettes for, you know, I smoked cigarettes on and off for 16 years and was, you know, quite unhealthy and, and overweight. So taking care of my physical health and transforming my body that way, that opened my eyes to, to seeing more and feeling, you know, just feeling more confident. So I believe in that as well. So I took my personal training certification so that I can help, you know, train myself, but also help others on a physical level. I took breathwork instructor training so that I can teach breathwork. And then I utilize all of the experience that I've had the, the coaching and mentorship that I've that I've done, as well as the healing work that I've done on myself. And I don't work, I don't, you know, talk to people or share videos or content or, you know, tell anyone to do anything that I've not already been through myself. So I feel like, you know, that's, that's what I believe in for me anyways. That's really important. Thanks for sharing, Kevin. I feel that. Mm -hmm. In terms of the future for Kevin Matney, what do you see yourself doing? Are there any major projects, any visions or goals you have set for yourself, personal achievements, things you want to accomplish? What does the future look like for you, Kevin? Well, now that the, you know, now that the world is, is you know, still, you know, opening back up, but, you know, yeah. open back up, I, I really am looking forward to doing some traveling, speaking on stages, connecting with as many people as possible. And, and one of the things that I do believe in is the power of connection and community and, you know, connecting with as many people as I possibly can just to, you know, to, to create impact together, you know, whether it's, whether it's coaching or whether it's, you know, I've got, I've got a few programs that I have coming up in the fall, um, things like that, but, you know, really connecting with as many people as possible and, and building this community of impact so that so that we can change the world using all of our individual, you know, gifts and, and experience, uh, wisdom. Yeah, great, wonderful. As we on that, tell us a bit about Wisdom Wednesday. Mm. Wisdom Wednesday. So it's something that I've always, that I've wanted to create for a while is, is something where, 
you know, we can collect as, as a group of like heart led individuals, leaders, um, you know, we have leaders of, of family, communities, cultures, all sorts of, you know, businesses. Yeah. Let's get everyone together and share our wisdom. You know, we can learn so much from each other that a lot of times it just takes a space to do that. And it's something that, uh, that I've been thinking about and, and feeling into for so long. I'm like, it's finally coming to fruition and it's something that I wanted to, I wanted to create. So I want to have, you know, guest speakers, um, healers, practitioners, coaches, mentors, um, as well as, you know, everyone who's involved, like bring your wisdom to the table because, uh, I know that I know that I'm better for it. And, and the more that I share, the more that, uh, the more that I open myself up for receiving as well. Yeah. Loving it. Sounds good. <laughs> Thanks for sharing, Kevin. Mm -hmm. So we are coming to the end of the episode, but uh, I, I always try to create some level of niceness, if I can use that as a term, relaxation, basically. And it's three questions that I ask you, and you have a choice, one or the other. One, is it going to be peanut butter and jelly or ham and cheese? Uh, peanut butter jelly. Uh, I was quick. Why peanut butter? Mm -hmm. Uh, I'm I'm a huge peanut butter fan, so I'll, uh, I'll I'll choose that pretty much over anything unless it's chocolate. <laughs> I, get I get that. I hear you. Okay, is it gonna be Sunday night football or Sunday evening baseball? Ah, uh, Sunday night football. Ah, why Sunday night football? I really enjoy watching football. Um, baseball was my sport, like even even before golf when I was a kid, and I love I love playing it still. But uh, if I'm going to choose to watch it, I'm going to I'll watch football. Who's your favorite team in the NFL? Uh, the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, but Aaron is gone, right? <laughs> I know, and I'm like I'm like I don't know. I really love him as a person. Like even listening to kind of this new direction and journey that he's been going on over the last few years. So. I'm like, uh, maybe I'll be a Green Bay Packers and the Jets fan. Yeah, interesting season to look forward to. Totally. Yeah. So here's the final one. Is it going to be Mercedes-Benz or BMW? Mm. I'm going to say BMW. Mm. Why BMW? You know, there's, I feel like the options that if I was going to choose a, a, a car, um, I like I like the look of the the BMW better, but I I will say as a kid I I've always wanted a a Porsche, so you know. Yeah, my dream ultimate dream vehicle is a Porsche Macca. Oh. Yeah, that's a crossover. It's an amazing vehicle, but for you BMW, there's well one two three four five six seven up to eight. There's um, the X4, the X5. Exit. You have a, a favorite among those? You know, I saw one that was kind of like, uh, it was like a longer, almost like a hatchback. And it had, it was, it was black, like with a, with the eggshell, like the, that black matte finish. And I was like, oh man, that looks like the Batmobile. I'm like, the, whatever, whatever that one was, I'll, I'll take it. I'm not much of a car guy, but. <laughs> it would be a four or six. It would be a four or six. I'm very familiar. Yeah, it was yeah. beautiful, beautiful car. Yeah. So, Kevin, here's the moment where I give you the opportunity 
to share your social hashtag handles, how people can make contact with you. They want your services. They need you to speak. Uh, they need your mentoring services and stuff. Just share with them your information. Absolutely. You know, first off, you know, my email is is KM. So Kevin McNeese. So it's KM at heart-warriors.com. Warriors with an S. My Instagram handle is at Kevin underscore heart warrior. And then you can find me on Facebook. It's Kevin McNee, M-C-N-E-E. That's my personal page. And then my business page is Kevin McNee, Warrior of the Heart. And uh, I'm on LinkedIn as well under, under my name, Kevin McNee. So again, it's M-C-N-E-E, McNee with no K. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful. Thanks. So we have had Kevin McNee in the breakout room sharing some amazing information with regards to his life his transition period, his transformational coaching and the mentoring services that he's currently offering. He's looking to travel in the future and go on stages and speak and connect with people at a high level, building trust all the time and facilitating those who are struggling with identity and, you know, and able to prioritize and keep that open communication with family, friends and loved ones. So we just want to say thank you, Kevin, for coming in and sharing this wonderful moment in time with us and i'm sure a lot of folks would receive the information and the spirit in which you shared it so until next time uh we see no comments at this time in the comments column that's okay we know that the impact has gone out there and folks are going to feel it at some point in time until next time this is andy of andy's personal development saying so long together with my friend and our guest kevin and we hope that you continue to seek health happiness and prosperity. Just remember those three watchwords, health, happiness, and prosperity. And until then, I say to you, Shalom, Godspeed, Namaste. Bye for now, folks. Okay, so that's it. Um, we, Thanks uh, for that, Andy. That was that was awesome. I really uh, enjoyed that. Thank yeah. you. You provided the inspiration. I appreciate your input as well. So uh, we're gonna be with you probably in about two weeks or so with the the two edited copies. And in the meantime, I hope you have continued success with what you do going forward. Appreciate it. Thank you very much. And and right back at you. All right, buddy. Take care, Kevin. Okay. Take care, my friend. <laughs>